This is Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network, presented by Prize Picks, Monday Night Football, Prize Picks, full injury report, and waiver wire pickups of the week. You want to jump around, hit the time codes, or just watch the entire thing. But if you do anything, you gotta smash the like button to the episode. You gotta sub to Mayo Media Network and download the Fantasy Football Picks and Bets on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You get me on Mondays, Tambo on Wednesdays, me on Saturdays for all of the quick updates and showdown slates that you like for those island games. So let's jump into it. Prize picks for the week. What I'm going to do to begin with is say that if you want to check out the waiver wire like pickup list, hit the description. It's down there. The Mayo Media Newsletter, that's down there as well. It has the full injury report that gets updated at the beginning of every single day. You sub to it, it gets sent to your inbox. It's easy stuff, all right? We're going to jump over to runthesims.com to begin with to see what we're doing for this Bears at Patriots game. Yeah, it's not a fun one, so hopefully we can find some value here. Runthesims.com slash mayo, obviously, if you want to get in on all of the tools, the customizable tools, the prize picks tools, everything like that. We can jump over to prize picks just to start off with uh, this game sucks, and... I mean, maybe it won't suck after we end up watching it, but we'll see how this ends up going. And you can see the two best plays on the slate from, and there's only one over 80% right now in terms of what the Sims are telling us. It is less than three receptions for Hunter Henry, more than 160 passing yards for Justin Fields. Uh, so you put those two together. Let's see here. Put those two together. $100 odds to sweep it around a 62% winner based off the simulations. Those are good odds. I don't like those ones though. So we're going to find our own to go through with all all of this so if we go back to the simulator you can tweak it around all you want mac jones uh, expected to play in this game that's not for sure as of yet i mean that's the way that it's trending right now damian harris going to be in this game as well not sure how much run he's going to get but he was removed from the injury report so let's just run the sims and see what the projections tell us for the monday night football game to see i i have some leans here uh, you can see in terms of the DraftKings scoring right now, the optimal captain at the moment is Mac Jones, although the most you should be Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know how I feel about that with the return of Damian Harris. If he ends up usurping Ramondre at the goal line, you could get a situation where Ramondre gets like 17 touches but doesn't touch the ball once inside the five-yard line. Harris gets like eight touches but touches it five times inside the five-yard line. Like It's not a good scenario for ever anyone. In that spot, I really like Jacoby Myers in this game because I like Jacoby Myers every single week. Great floor on Jacoby Myers, but it's the projections that I really want to check out here and just try to see. So receiving-wise, we have Jacoby Myers at four catches for 47.2 yards. I think it's way over that. That's what my gut tells me is going on in this situation. You also have Devontae Parker. We're still not sure on the status of Nelson Aguilar or Kendrick Bourne. We have them both in at the moment if they are deemed inactive because they've been questionable all week. Obviously, they'll go out of everything, so that would just enhance everyone else. Uh, Tyquan Thornton is the interesting one in this, uh, but I think it's Myers I like the most. And then running back-wise, obviously, Ramondre, if he's the most spit-out captain, then obviously he's going to end up scoring the most points. Montgomery's been playing that huge split over Khalil Herbert. Uh, they say they're going to ride the hot hand now that's been factored in to the projections we have at 11 carries to nine carries montgomery over herbert right now i think in reality that that separation is a little bit more even if it's two series to one for montgomery he probably 
the gap is probably five to six carries, not two carries. And I, I kind of feel the same way about Ramondre and Damian Harris as well, like 13 to basically 13. Are they going to have the same amount of carries? Although nothing for Harris in the receiving game. All the work for Ramondre in the receiving game is the way that we can go on this. But if you think like blowout, uh, I mean, based on what the spread is right now, the spread is, I think, up to... What is the spread up to? Let's see. Eight and a half. So it's actually gone down a little bit. I thought it'd go up to 10 by kickoff with all the Patriots money coming in, but we are not seeing that. I believe I took Chicago against the spread on the pick show. Not betting that, but that's the way that I'd be looking at it right now. So we jump over to prize picks. Com to see what's going on. Just a little bit here. You see Justin Fields over 160. That's so low. But uh, David Montgomery is the one that I wanted to go to. David Montgomery receiving yards. More than 11 and a half. He's been over this number every single game except for uh, the one he got injured in against the Texans. So even if it's one catch, two catches, 11 and a half is not a huge bar to clear. The other one I was thinking about was Ramondre Stevenson, more than 13.5 receiving yards, or Jacoby Myers, more than 52.5 receiving yards. I think we can kind of go either way on that one. Do we have targets on here? Now they're not giving us any target props for the uh, for this game. But I am going to go Jacoby Myers more than four and a half receptions. So we uh, we missed last Monday, but we've hit four Sundays in a row now on the power play, including last weekend. Thank you, Nick Chubb. Thank you, Dak Prescott, for coming through for us. So let's juice this one up. Uh, we're going to go. David Montgomery, more than 11 and a half receiving yards. Jacoby Myers, more than four and a half receptions. 200 pays 600. Let's get in there on the prize picks. Reminder to use code MMN at prize picks to get yourself a deposit match of up to $100. The link is down in the description if you, or the comment section, if you just want a quick link to everything. Highly recommend that you go do that. Okay, let's jump over to the running back injuries and waiver wire. As I mentioned, Damian Harris is likely in for Monday Night Football. Brees Hall likely out for the season with a knee injury. Chuba Hubbard exited the game with an ankle injury. J.K. Dobbins had more knee surgery. He's out four to six weeks. Obviously, Gus Edwards, Gus Bus, ended up returning for Baltimore. Looked pretty good in that game, too, although he did not play a plurality of the snaps. He didn't even play the most snaps on his own team in the backfield. DeAndre Swift, shoulder, ankle, whatever it might be, he didn't play. That's not good news. James Conner and Daryl Williams both missed Thursday night football, and they should return next week. Uh, James Conner was a game-time decision. Now he's going to have an extra 10 days off, so I don't think it's the end of Eno Benjamin, but Connor's probably the running back that you still want in Arizona, even coming off of the injury. Again, you can find this all in the newsletter. Just type in your handy email right here where it says type in your email, and then boom, get sent right to you. You also missed a fun week seven live show on Sunday night. We do it before Sunday night football every single time. We got to Tim got to celebrate the Jets win in real time. Uh, it almost went backfire on him, but uh, it ended up working out. Then we found out about the Brees Hall news, so that wasn't so much fun uh, as it turned out. In terms of the waiver wire pickups for the week, I have Donta Foreman at number one with the Chuba Hubbard injury. And I don't know if he's going to end up missing the game. When we get to the snaps in a second, you'll see that Chuba Hubbard was their starting running back. Played a ton of snaps. It was a bit of a split. A lot of Foreman on passing downs, which is the opposite of what I think anyone expected coming into the week. But Foreman looked great on the ground <laughs> um, and through the air ended up with over 100 total yards and if Chuba Hubbard ends up missing time he's going to be like their full throttle running back not a great offense to be in but they get Atlanta this week which is a fantastic matchup so 
I like Dante Foreman for the moment. Gus Edwards and then Khalil Herbert. Herbert dropped below the threshold of 50%, which I was really surprised about. Uh, we know what kind of damage he can do if David Montgomery gets injured, so he becomes the highest-end handcuff. You can have Kieran Williams. Rams coming off by. Not sure if Williams is going to return this week or next week or when that's going to happen off of injured reserve, but it's very clear that they don't like Daryl Williams to be their bell cow back. I'm not saying that Williams will be, but I think that he's most definitely going to be in the running. He's free to pick up up at the moment, almost universally unowned. You might as well get ahead of the game. I talked about this last week there. I believe I had Edwards, Williams, and Foreman, one, two, three, in the pickup rankings, and Foreman was only there in case that McCaffrey got traded, which, you know, read the tea leaves, happened. So that's probably the, the route that you want to go with some of these things. There's only so many running backs out there right now. Williams is completely free. He's a gamble. You have the bench room. You go pick him up. Okay, uh, Michael Carter would be number one, obviously, but he's not below the threshold. He is available, I think, around like 33% of leagues if he's available in your league. Spend all your fab money on him, and you'll be good to go uh, with the starting running back for the New York Jets. So you might split some time with Ty Johnson. Maybe they bring in someone else. I very much doubt that. Uh, you'll probably see like a 70-30 split in favor of Michael Carter, which is great news. If you kept Michael Carter around, he's like a top 20 guy the rest of the season, as long as that role continues to persist. The other one I would look at from way down, like I have Pacheco, White, like Pacheco might just end up being the starting running back. But what does the starting running back actually mean when you're only out carrying Clyde Edwards-Lair eight to six and still returning punts and returning kickoffs? He's more involved, obviously, but he's not someone that you really want to start. You have Caleb Huntley, Matt Breida. Matt Breida is looking like a really nice handcuff. He was the only other running back to touch the ball in the Giants game besides Saquon. If you have Saquon, you probably need to have Breida uh, on the roster right now. I don't know if he'd become like a full-time running back should Barkley go down, but... He's the most likely to have the majority of the touches at the moment. Very familiar with this day ball offense as well. And then the other one is DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas coming in at number 12 in the rankings. Obviously, Rashad Penny out for the season. Not sure when Travis Homer is going to be back with this rib injury. So he is the primary backup to Ken Walker right now. Should anything happen to Ken Walker? I know D. Eskridge was getting a bunch of carries when a bunch of guys, like three or something like that, for the Seahawks. But it would be Dallas who'd be lining up in the backfield in the near future future once homer returns maybe it's homer that's why dj dallas still stuck down at the bottom of the list but just keep an eye out on that should anything happen to ken walker moving forward <clears throat> we go down in oh no don't want to go down too far here go back to the newsletter where i have all of the running back snaps for the week you can see uh saquon travis etn 82% of his team snaps. That's what we were looking for coming into the season. When we all drafted Travis Etienne, uh, it's like the one thing I got right this weekend in terms of DraftKings was play Etienne, although I ended up playing over Ken Walker, which turned out to be a terrible idea for a cheaper price. Looked good for about four hours in the afternoon slate of games, but that's going to happen from time to time. That's very encouraging. I wouldn't expect that to keep up, but if he can be a 70-30 winner over James Robinson, now we're in business. <clears throat> Josh Jacobs in at 44 snaps. That's 80%. Nothing really crazy. You see that Michael Carter uh, ended up playing. Uh, Ty Johnson was active in that game, and he got over 70% of the carries or 70% of the snaps in the backfield. Nothing really else doing here. Like Pollard played more than Zeke. Okay. Not by a ton, though. You can see Zeke still played over 50% of the snaps. There was a lot of formations with both of them on the field at the same time. And in those formations, Zeke almost always got the ball. Uh, Rashad White as well uh, in a huge—this it, is really interesting to me. 
So Fournette plays 60% of the snaps. White plays 44% of the snaps. Very rarely are you going to see Tampa in a situation where they're just getting pummeled the entire game. But now that we do know that, you would see that Rashad White is actually on the field an awful lot in these pure passing situations. I wouldn't expect to see too many of those from Tampa Bay. I think that they do eventually get it all back together. But that was just really interesting to note that the split didn't widen. They actually did stick to playing White and Fournette on the field at the same time uh, in a lot of those spots. Uh, In a big trailing situation, Jonathan Taylor back from injury, only 55% of the snaps, where you had Naheem Hines at 35. Donta Foreman played slightly more than Chuba Hubbard. Remember, Chuba Hubbard got injured in that game, 54 to 46%. Did not see either one was on the field or the other was on the field. That's how that turned out in that game. Let's jump over to the wide receiver injuries now. There was a bunch to deal with. No idea how serious they're going to be at the moment, but you know we'll find that out throughout the course of the week. Then I can update this sheet. As we go forward, Amon Ross St. Brown got sent to the blue concussion tent. He exited the game, and obviously we had no DJ Chark in that game. He's now been placed on injured reserve, so he's out at least four weeks, probably six weeks. If they've decided to do this now after he's already missed three weeks and a bye week, so DJ Chark probably gone. Jamison Williams will have his spot by the time he's eventually able to return. We may see Williams this week or next week. Keep updated on his status. Uh, When we get to the pickups, he's still my favorite pickup at wide receiver right now. Mike Williams exited the game. Didn't look good for his ankle. They have a bye week, so we're not getting a ton of information about how serious this Mike Williams injury is is unless he's out for the season, which it doesn't look like he is, so... Got to keep an eye coming out of the bye week on Mike Williams. DK Metcalf left the game. They're hoping it's just a bone bruise, but that is the optimistic way of thinking. He's probably going to miss a few games. Alan Lazard hurt his shoulder. He left the game. Nico Collins hurt his groin. He left the game. Corey Davis ended up leaving the game for the Jets as well. Elijah Moore, obviously DNP with personal reasons because he wants a trade out of New York. But if Corey Davis is hurt, maybe they insert him back in against the Patriots next week. Palmer, Agnew, Chark, Tony. Watson, Galladay, Jahan Dotson all did not play, neither did Michael Thomas or Jarvis Landry in the Thursday night game. Marquise Brown still out four to six weeks with his foot injury. And then we have Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, who are questionable for the Monday night game at receiver in terms of the pickups. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jamison Williams, number one. Wendale, with the lack of receiving options, is just kind of bulk pie. He's basically like the minor league version of Jacoby Myers right now. So he's number two, uh, just safe PPR floor for the moment until those guys return, if they ever return, which it doesn't seem like they're ever going to return. I'm not going to lie to you, especially Tony. Uh, Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, they're both playing over 85% of the snaps now that Matt Ryan throws the ball 300 times a game. Kind of like Robinson in that. You're never going to know if it's going to be Pierce or Campbell in any one game. Tyquan Thornton continues to establish himself with the Patriots. We'll see more from him on Monday night to see if that's real or not. Isaiah McKenzie comes in at number six. Josh Reynolds, Braxton Berrios for the Jets. He's probably going to see some more run right now. And Khalif Raymond, uh, in case Williams is not back. Reynolds continues to play the slot. Raymond plays on the outside. He was the leading receiver for the Lions this week, but that's probably not going to be the same going forward. He did get an extra amount of run and some reverses out of the backfield with Amon Ra St. Brown out. Tight end injuries. 
Bellinger left the game. Scary injury. He got, ended up getting uh, ambulanced out of the field or off the field for the Giants. Uh, Tanner Hudson will fill in for him if you want a deep, deep flyer. Njoku left the game for the Browns. No word on whether he's going to end up playing in Week 8 or not as of right now. Troutman, Waller, Logan Thomas, Parham, who's going on bye week, by the way. All DMP. Same with Cameron Wright. That allowed Cade Otten to end up well, with a pretty decent game. Mac Jones likely going to play on Monday night. Ryan Tannehill remained in the game with an ankle injury, but was spotted in a walking boot after the game. And Russell Wilson, for the moment, appears on track to play in the London game in Week 8 against the Jags. So keep an eye on him, because as bad as Russell Wilson was and has been this season, Brett Rippon is way worse. So, yeah, you might have to play the injured Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, they benched there. They didn't get to play the week his Subway commercial came out. Tough scene. For old Mr. Unlimited. Pickups. Uh, his tight end, Greg Dulich. Uh, looking good out there. They're really wanting to get him involved. He's number one, Kate Otten. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see... I mean, Freight suffered a concussion, then the serious neck injury. I doubt that he's going to be back. Otten's just playing a ton of snaps. They're easy receptions for Tom Brady at the moment. And Lord knows he needs them easy receptions. Juwan Johnson, as long as Troutman is out, is number three still. Evan Ingram, Bobby Tunyon, Big Bobby T, Hunter Henry, and Irv Smith round out the tight end pickups qb pickups goff against miami like that goff back at home against miami i mean kenny pickett wasn't able to take advantage of the miami secondary but everyone else has this season daniel jones at seattle i mean once he's gonna keep putting up those rushing yards he's playable in fantasy really is uh so i like daniel jones as the number two andy dalton or Jameis winston at home against vegas that just has shootout potential written all over it and maybe Dalton or Jameis can just throw two to the other team and then have to force themselves to play catch-up. I had Dalton as the number one streamer last week. And yeah, he played like crap in real life. But in terms of actually looking at your fantasy score, he third scored like 27 fantasy points. Pretty good for Andy Dalton, a guy you can just scoop off the waiver wire. Matt Ryan against Washington. Marcus Mariota against Carolina. Peach, P.J. Walker at Atlanta. Defense pickups for the week. You have Jacksonville at... Uh, against Denver. I don't really care who starts, whether it's Rippon or Wilson, just streaming against Denver is a good move at the moment in the London game. Tennessee at Houston. Atlanta at home against Carolina. Uh, they're six-point favorites in that game, so you know, I don't think Carolina's going to route teams every single week. Indy against Washington. Carolina at Atlanta and Washington at Indianapolis. You just you have turnover-prone teams. The Carolina one's tricky. Might even bump them down a little bit once I end up doing the rankings with Sealy, mainly because Atlanta doesn't throw ever. That becomes pretty tough in order to do anything in terms of the defensive side of the ball when you need sacks and pressure to generate turnovers to touchdowns and the other team passes 13 times in a game where they're down by double digits the entire time. Not Beaucoup opportunité, as they would say en français, to score the defensive points for you, you know? Okay. You can find the entire pickup. I just went through the column. That's down in the description. Code MMN at prizepicks.com to get your deposit match of up to $100 over David Montgomery receiving yards, over Jacoby Myers' four and a half receptions. Boom. Let's try to turn another winner out on prizepicks. Tambo will be back on Wednesday, Wednesday evening for the Thursday night football breakdown for prize picks and DraftKings on Mayo Media Network and the fantasy football picks and bets stream. So please go sub to that. Leave a rating and review as well, okay? Thank you very much for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Yeah!